What's up, everybody? Energieswithpodcast.com. That's where you go find out all the information for the show, where you can keep up to date on the latest episodes, as well as our sponsors. All that other kind of information is there. Go to our Facebook page, Energy is Love Podcast. Same thing. Tons of information there. Lots of fun stuff there. That's where we got some of our Facebook Live videos. You can go watch those. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to everybody that's out there subscribing to the show, sharing the show, doing all that good stuff. We really, really appreciate it. If you want to be on the show, contact us. If you want to be a sponsor for the show, contact us. If you want to say, hey, I love your show, or hey, your show sucks, contact us. You can do that on our website. Just click on the contact link, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors. First off, we have As Above, So Below, which is a great metaphysical shop located in Roy, Utah. You can find their Facebook page. There's a link to it on our website. As Above, So Below has everything that you could possibly imagine in regards to the metaphysical, spiritual, Wiccan side of life. Go there, find it, buy it, check it out. Coming up on September 17th at As Above, So Below, they're going to have a candle magic workshop. You can find out more information about that on their Facebook page. If you're interested, by all means, contact them and give them a call. It's going to be a great workshop. Dive deeper into your magic and how to transform it. So check them out. We're also brought to you by Crystal Water Float Spa, located in Twilly, Utah. Online at crystalwaterfloat.com or go to their Facebook page at Crystal Water Float Spa. Obviously, we talk about floating on the podcast and you're well aware and familiar with it. If you haven't floated yet and you live out in the area, if you live along the Wasatch Front in the Salt Lake Valley, come out and float at Crystal Water Float Spa. I guarantee you're going to love it. At Crystal Water, they have the Dream Pods. Dream Pods are a perfect place to float, lay back, and relax, and disappear into the cosmos of the galaxy. Crystal Water Float Spa is also the U.S. distributor, the nation's only distributor for the Dream Pod. You can find out more about DreamPod at dream-pod.com or go to crystalwaterfloat.com. If you want to open up your float center, now you have a place to locally here in the United States get your DreamPod shipped immediately. Wonderful opportunity. Contact Crystal Water today. On today's episode, I sat down with Jessica Nidifer. Jessica Nidifer is a Reiki practitioner slash sound healing, beautiful, amazing person that has incredible talent. I met Jessica when I was in San Jose. We recorded the interview at her beautiful space where she works out of there in San Jose. And honestly, I didn't know what to expect going into it. I contacted Jessica online, reached out to her, and she was down for the interview. And it turned out to be a beautiful, wonderful thing. She has amazing talent when it comes to connecting to people and helping them move through all the different aspects of their life. So Jessica talked about tons and tons and tons of different things. I couldn't I couldn't list off all the things that we got into in, during this episode, but I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. Now you get to enjoy and sit back and relax as you listen to the podcast for the universe with my guest all the way from San Jose, California, the Bay Area, I suppose, is what they refer to it as. Here we go with Jessica Nidifer. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. This is it. We just okay. get going. We're done. We're ready. <laughs> awesome. I need you to pronounce my la- your last name. It's Jessica. Nidifer. Nidifer. Mm-hmm. I know I was sitting there reading it and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do it. <laughs> 
I'm going to butcher it no matter what. So Yeah. Always <laughs> E before I in German is pronounced I. Are you German? It's a German last name, Is yeah. that where your whole lineage stems from? Uh, only part of it. Uh, well, the four nationalities that I know. <laughs> One is German, uh, Portuguese, um, Jews from Ukraine, and Polish. So quite a mix. Yeah, that's quite the... Yeah. But I'm third generation here in the Bay Area. Have you lived in California? Well, first off, I guess we should probably give a little bit of, we're here in San Jose in your beautiful, beautiful space. Mm. How long have you been here? I've lived in San Jose my whole life, 41 years. Uh, the longest I've lived away was four months in Mexico a few years ago. <laughs> uh, I love it down there. I've been traveling there for 20 years and it's my second home. Yeah. Um, I've been in this office space since November of last year, but I've been working in shared spaces doing energy work and sound healing for the last nine years. So all local though, always in San Jose. Always in San Jose. <clears throat> How is the community here in San Jose? That's one of the, because I'm just traveling through and so I've got mm -hmm. a little bit of a sense, but how is the community as far okay. as all of this stuff goes? Well, it's a small community of sound healers <clears throat> and energy workers and we pretty much know everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we all have these little nooks of San Jose or Santa Clara or Mountain View that we tend to be kind of grounded in, rooted in, and that's really the community that we start to build there. And I feel like um, this part of the Bay Area is where I've been asked to root in, kind of be like a an anchor of energy, of light for this space and to be the beacon for people to find and then to also be holding space for that ripple effect to go out from here to other areas and connecting with other people. So um, you asked me if I was surprised that some person from Utah had contacted <laughs> me uh, to do a podcast. And I was like, no, not surprised at all, because the ripple effect has been getting bigger and bigger the last few months, <clears throat> especially since March. And um, is that a cool thing? Yeah. Like, it's so neat when you get into that flow of stuff where... Do you know what I mean? Like nothing kind of surprises you because it's like, what is going to happen today? It's just going to be exciting and we'll see where it goes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not really surprised, but I'm always in awe. Yeah. I'm in complete awe of things when they happen. Um, <clears throat> each client that I work with, something happens for me as well. And that energy is always reciprocated as you're working with them. So um, I have aha moments uh, every day. Uh, with everybody that I work with and then including myself in my own time in meditation and um, Yeah, San Jose is a really neat little spot that people are not quite aware of yet Energetically um, a little bit of history for you since I have been here my whole life. I know <laughs> <laughs> Like all the little pockets and all the cool spaces that have popped up over the years um, Some of which have been here for many years. This used to be it's called the Valley of the Heart's Delight It used to be all cherry and apricot orchards here and um, in the 1800s, they built an observatory on the hill uh, to the east of here. It's called Mount Hamilton, and the observatory is James Lick Observatory. And pictures taken with that telescope actually were used to prove Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, this is back in the early 1900s. And uh, to the south of here is the old Ohlone Chenoweth Native American land uh, before the settlers came in and started mining cinnabar out in that way and uh, chasing the natives out. Hmm. Uh, and then to the north of here is the Rosicrucian Museum, about four blocks up, which is the third most renowned Egyptian collection in the world. 
That's some good energy. Yes. And then to the <laughs> west is the ocean. Yeah. So we have the flow of all of that. And here's my my little piece of heaven here in San Jose. So um, a lot of things have happened. We've grown, obviously, and we've progressed. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, the progression hasn't taken away those little magical spaces and what they represent uh, here and how we can tap into them if we become aware of them. I want to talk way more. Well, we're going to obviously talk way more. The podcast just started. But you said you've been practicing energy work for the past nine years where you've been working with clients and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll start from now and then kind of work our way backwards a little bit. So give me an idea of somebody comes to you. What do you typically find that you end up working uh, working on with people? I think a lot of times people in the, in the realm of energy work and healing and things like that, for whatever reason... <clears throat> they kind of typically attract the same people. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where the it's not like everybody has the same issues. Or, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting thing that I think happens where we are most suited for specific issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's kind of where our skill set lies. Mm -hmm. And it seems like those are the people that we end up working with time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. And so would you agree? Well, it's law of attraction, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what we project is what we attract. A lot of the work that I do um, with clients, obviously it's tapping in and listening to the words that they're using to tell the story, right? To see uh, how they're feeling about themselves, what they're dealing with in life, if they're experiencing dis-ease or pain within their body, to really peel back the layers. And what I've found is no matter what anybody is dealing with, it just comes down to not feeling good enough about something or someone told them that they did something wrong or that they didn't do it right. And then that creates this belief, right? So um, I, I attract all kinds of people. I've had a quite colorful life for the 40 years that I've been here. Um, you know, moved out really young and had experiences that maybe other people wouldn't choose to experience. But those experiences allowed me to relate to many people. So ranging in age from, you know, 5 to 100. I used to work out of a uh, assisted living facility also once a month, and they have the same feelings. They have the same issues that we're dealing with now at 40 or 20 that they're dealing with at 100 or 70. Um, the pattern I've found is, is really not feeling good enough, whether you're practicing it through anger, whether you're practicing it through sadness or depression, whatever the pattern is that they choose, that's what it really boils down to. Why did you, oh my goodness, this is the hard part for me when I sit across <laughs> here because you start talking and then I hear all of these different questions that hurry up and jump out and like, oh, I need to ask her about this, I need to ask her <laughs> about this, and then trying to remember them. Um, you said that you moved out at an early age. Mm -hmm. Um what was your progression as far as, because I always think it's really interesting to find out how people get into this line of work, even though this isn't a line of work, this is a life that you're living, right? Yes. It's much more than a, a job or, or a career or anything like that. But what was it you think some of the big things in your life that pointed you in this direction and steered you towards mm -hmm. this path? Uh, well, when I was younger, <clears throat> I had many experiences with spirits um, and energies uh, but I didn't, like when you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, but they were scary. They were very scary to me because I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know how to speak with them or that I could speak with them. Um, and I felt them more. I was very clairsentient. I feel things really intensely. 
not don't really see or hear things like that. Only a few occasions I had visions of beings. Uh, when I was 31, actually, I had an awakening. Uh, this woman who I met at a at a chiropractic office I was going to, she was doing massage and she uh, was practicing Reiki. And at the end of the massage, she says, well, do you want to try 15 minutes of Reiki for free? <laughs> and I said, what's that? And uh, she says, well, you know, we work with these different energy centers in the body and I'm just basically going to place my hands starting at your head and move down on your onto your face, your chest, and your belly and work my way down to your toes. And I was like, sure, 15 minutes free. It's free. Great. Go ahead. Was that your first exposure <clears throat> to any sort of energy work or anything? Yes. I, I'd worked with other mediums here and there, but just as out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't subscribe too much to it or that I had any capabilities um, to even attempt to connect with other beings. It was so <laughs> mysterious and unattainable, right? Um, and that was my belief at the time uh, until she placed her hands on my chest. And when she did, I left my body and I was floating above her and I in the room looking down at her with her hands on my chest. And I was like, wow, what is this? This is magic. And I just observed. And um, then it became, the picture became like a, a TV screen. And then it turned into like an x-ray view. And I saw a big lock inside of my chest, like on my rib cage. And I saw the lock shatter into a million pieces. And I saw my rib cage open and my heart then flew out of my chest and I returned to my body. And now with my eyes closed, I'm watching my heart floating above me and it's smiling at me and it says, you are free. And I heard the words, you are free. And it wasn't me or her speaking in the room. I thought, wow, that's amazing. That's some good Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely a, a, a very profound moment for me. And, mm -hmm. and then I proceeded to see in my mind's eye um, a slideshow of all the times I was ill when I, from the time I was four or five years old and different times when I was uh, in pain or I was working through something. I, I was in and out of hospitals a lot from like age five until uh, my mid-20s. And um, I remember seeing in the slideshow me putting my hands on those places and asking Jesus, asking God, I was raised Catholic, asking Jesus to take the pain away. And it would subside almost immediately. I thought, wow, that's interesting. If only that was real. And in that moment with her in the room, I realized it was real and that that was my purpose. And um, that at that point, you know, don't worry about the how, just start working, start studying and remembering my abilities. Did you have any sort of fear surrounding that experience where, because I mean, that's a pretty profound, like I said, that's some really good Reiki there. Yeah. That's some good <laughs> shit that happened. Yeah. Totally. Um, and that doesn't happen on a regular basis. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it, I'm sure that th that woman was obviously good at what she did in a sense, but mm -hmm. we know that that's uh, whatever you want to call it. I hate when we start. I don't hate it, but I don't like it when we start labeling things like divine and not because it's not divine. I just hate <laughs> that. Uh, it was a little intervention for very sure. Very much so. It sounds yeah. like it's very much the stars aligned perfectly to put you in that <clears throat> moment because of the importance of it. But did you still have fear? based around that experience because when people have out-of-body experiences when people have that kind of heart opening you know your chakra just popping right open um <laughs> there i think a lot of times their first initial reaction is just to close right back in mm -hmm. did you have any of that no did you, you didn't have any fear around that no. why don't you think like it's so it's really it interesting to me yeah because <laughs> that's a really trippy experience <clears throat> that's something that like i said doesn't happen on a regular 
session per se and mm-hmm. like do you just think you were ready for it um absolutely i was ready for it it was my time and um i was not there was no resistance at all it was just oh this is what it feels like to observe and this is what i was learning in this moment not just that this is what i would be <clears throat> um this would be my way of being from this point forward that that's what i remember that i've been in the past and in past lives um but it was also hey how does it feel to observe how does it feel to not judge criticize or think anything in this moment and that was really um calming and peaceful and i was watching myself and and seeing myself really for the first time and that was awesome and exciting and uh intriguing so uh i just kind of went with it and when she was done it was like wow Okay, um can you start mentoring me? Can you start teaching me? Give me some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want more of that cuz yeah. I didn't have to take any drugs and that was amazing. Uh-huh. Um cuz at the time I was doing quite a bit of uh recreational stuff and that moment was asking me, "Hey, you don't need any of that. Why are you doing that? Look. Look at what you can do. Look at what you're capable of without escaping." You know? I was like, "Wow, okay, great. I don't need to escape anymore. This is who I am." I was just trying to figure out how to get there without having this consciousness at the moment. So it's like, "Oh, now I remember that. I don't have to do this anymore." And so that really began um just being open to it and saying, "Okay, great. Universe, God, whatever you are, energy, um I'm open. Let's do this." And then people just started showing up to help me with whatever I was remembering. And I don't really consider it learning anymore. And this is something I was just shown recently. Um when we say we're learning something, there can be like different paths of, you know, learning, right? But the path of learning is linear. It goes straight ahead and most people that's all they're doing. They're on the linear path and they never grow. They learn all this stuff, they gather all this knowledge, but it doesn't mean that they're wise because they don't do anything with it. So they end up just walking straight ahead and maybe they bump into the wall a few times but they never get over that part um and actually grow and then evolve as they plan to. So um learning I don't really call it learning anymore I call it remembering because we have all the answers inside of us already. Uh we're remembering things at different times. We're all on the same path just at a different pace. And those memories are coming back to us as we allow ourselves to remember. I totally agree. I always think it's a re-remembrance. Um but it brings up like an interesting because you talk about learning itself being a linear fashion. And I think so many times people because this is something that's changed significantly in my I don't know if you want to call it my belief or whatever the case may be, but I've kind of completely done away with the linear idea of thinking in regards to any aspect because it just doesn't make sense in my mind in the way that I process things. But if we think about So we're basically essentially re-remembering the things that we've always known. And it's not just in regards to like spiritual gifts or something like that, you know, for lack of a better term. It's literally I think in regards to everything because we've either and see I I'm going to get lost in my head here because it's not that <laughs> it's not that we've done it before because I don't believe in past lives. I think everything is uh circular and happening uh at this moment. Mm-hmm. And so See, I'm just getting lost as I'm sitting here trying to put my I can see both sides of that too. In my head, yeah. Yeah, it is circular because there are other dimensions of us, other versions of us in other dimensions that are alive right now uh-huh. and having experiences and actually doing <clears throat> similar work. 
And that the past life, I, I say it's a past life for me because I, I have very vivid memories, but it's just when you go to sleep and you are able to connect with all versions of you. There's nothing inhibiting you. The body is not distracting. The mind is not distracting. Um, so I, both are absolutely possible, right? Both are absolutely... What do you think, though? Um, I I believe that both are possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, actually, just in the moment that you suggested that, it was like, huh, yeah. Wow, maybe maybe that is what's happening now at this moment. Um, just a few weeks ago, I do a weekly meditation here at the office. I just started doing it a few months ago. And we were all sitting in here. There's only six of us total. Mm -hmm. And everyone closed their eyes, and I was doing a guided meditation, just playing a little bit with the crystal singing bowls. And, and all of a sudden, there was all this, like, sea foam green light ascending into the room. And it was, like shining off of everybody and surrounding us. And after the session, it was, it was quite intense and it was quite like vibratory, like the room felt like it was vibrating. And I realized there were other beings entering the room, light beings. And I was like, oh, great, our guides or, you know, whoever else, angels, whatever else is here. And I realized the next day after sitting with it that it wasn't other beings necessarily. It was actually all other versions of each person that was in the room that night that had entered into this dimension to experience being in this human body all at the same time. So it was like four or five versions of each person sitting in the room. And then when I realized that, I was like, wow, we're doing a lot of work even outside of here. Imagine what's really going on behind the scenes, behind the veil. You know? Yeah. So that's... Wow, that's something now. That's have a to cool experience. Consider a little bit more now. See, I love diving into the thoughts of all of those different things because <clears throat> so you talk about like, you know, initially thinking that maybe it's spirit guides or angels or guides, whatever we wanted to call it. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I think that because we're all interconnected and we all stem from the same source and blah, 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 we all have the same energy in us and all of that dynamic stuff. The fact is when I think of my spirit guide or what would typically be labeled my spirit guide, I just think of it as a different version of me, mm -hmm. a different form of me. And so I love the idea of how you described it, where suddenly all these different aspects of all these people are not like their personality aspects, but literal versions of their energy in some other realm or dimension or mm -hmm. space converging, like coming in to check out what was going on in this instance and yeah. what was going on. It's it's fascinating. It blew my mind, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a day to really wrap my head around it. And I was like, whoa, that actually happened amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the Rosicrucian Museum up the street that I was just talking about a little earlier, uh, they have a labyrinth out back that they just built a few years ago. And they also built a new exhibit inside of the museum called the Alchemy uh, Exhibit. And they talk about alchemy and how they did it back in the day, turning regular metals to gold. And at the end of the exhibit, there's actually um, this like xylophone that's nailed onto the wall. And each one represents like a different uh, planet, and each one has a different frequency that's not matched to any instrument here that we would play normally. And you know, there's a little wand at the end that you can actually play it. It was kind of towards the end of the day, so I was like, well, there's not really a lot of people in here. I'm just going to start banging on this thing. And I started hitting the different bars, and I was like, whoa, this is like playing the bulls. And I started banging on it even louder and louder and louder, and it filled the room. And I was amazed by it. I said, wow, this is cool. And this is inside of the museum. Like people don't, it's the, the, have you seen the museum? 
No, no. Okay, it's actually built like an Egyptian building. It's hmm. like a little pyramid in middle of San Jose, like suburban San Jose, across the street from Hoover High School, which I think is even more <laughs> hilarious that it's Hoover across the street. Um, but the labyrinth out back after we were fooling around with the xylophone inside and reading about alchemy, we went out back and we did a meditation and then we walked the labyrinth, me and a friend of mine. And at the end, when we stood in the middle, a portal opened and I was there physically. And then I was also seeing this other version of me stepping into this portal outside of here. It was in the blackness of space. Um, and it looked just like someone had dropped that pebble into still water and that ripple effect was going out and um, it was there and I was standing in it. Wow. Okay. So this is all, this has all been happening pretty recently for me. Um, just since March, I've been doing a lot of work uh, on myself for a long time, uh, but really the last year has been quite intense for me. And What uh, kind of work? Because I think it's really interesting. I think a lot of times I've run into people in the <clears throat> in the community, in mm -hmm. the industry, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I think industry may be too big of a word. Community is yeah. good. And I think that a lot of times in people's journeys and on their path and towards evolution, I think they get stuck in their healing, even when they are healers, even yeah. when they're in that space of helping other people. I think they get stuck in a certain spot I agree. in regards to their healing. And sometimes so much so that they can't really see outside of it. And mm -hmm. they kind of stay in a lot of the negative patterns and behaviors yeah. and everything like that. So what have you been doing when you say you've been doing a lot of work? Because it sounds like some really cool shit's been happening for you. Like yeah. this kind of stuff doesn't typically happen unless your vibration, I think, is obviously raising incredibly mm -hmm. high. Um, what have you been doing? And the reason I ask is mm -hmm. we always like to kind of educate people mm -hmm. with the show, Absolutely. give people a different idea, a different way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. And so if you're comfortable with it, talk about some of the some sure. of the personal work that you've been doing to kind of heal. Sure. Uh, well, it started with Reiki. And I just started administering Reiki on myself. And um, then the Crystal Singing Bowls came in and I started working with them. Uh, I studied with some other people that work with the bowls. Uh, but mainly it's just been kind of tapping in and figuring that stuff out for myself in the beginning. And then in um, 2011, I met this couple that lived here, that live here in San Jose, Troy and Tina Bunnell. Uh, Troy passed away this last February. He was my mentor and teacher. Uh, he was um, taught Toltec masteries, Toltec philosophies. So most people are familiar with The Four Agreements, the book by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. um, I read that book. I thought, wow, that's great. Now, how the fuck do I apply it to my life? Yeah. <laughs> well, what are the tools? You're providing me lots of great information, like the four-hour work week and the secret, but you're not telling me how. So great. You've given me a great book, and now I just feel more frustrated and even less than good enough as I did before I read the book. Hmm. How is that supposed to help me? So when I... Um, I moved to Mexico for a bit, deciding whether I wanted to start my practice there or here. And when I came back, I realized, okay, nobody really knows about Reiki yet, so I'm just going to start doing massage. So I'm going to go to <clears> massage <throat> school, and I'm going to learn. And then I'll introduce Reiki the same way as my friend introduced it to me. And when I started, the, the owner, Tina, came in and she said, hey, my, my husband's going to be here next week, and he's going to be introducing this class. Um, it's Toltec Masteries. The first class is Mastery of Awareness. And um, it's going to change your life, and I feel like you should go. Um, first day is free. If, if it resonates, great. You pay for the eight-week course, and then you come back every week after that. Okay, great. I'll try it out. 
And I showed up, and the first night when I stepped into the room and I saw Troy, I knew he was my people. I knew this was a person that was going to assist me on this next level of my evolution. And um, he reminded me a lot of my dad, actually, um, and very, very direct, straight shooter, you know, no bullshit. And, you know, I, I can sometimes talk like a sailor, too, and tell dirty jokes, and he was one of those people you could do that with. But he was also very grounded, um, very much... Um, accepted responsibility for being here in this human body that we've chosen to experience life in as a spirit. And um, he really helped me be okay with being a grounded, practical person and also be able to be spiritual or also be able to be connected. And that's sometimes what I find challenging in this community of healers because not many are very grounded and not many have really accepted the fact that they chose to be in this human body because sometimes it sucks. Yeah. Sometimes it's painful and it's uncomfortable and it's, well, I didn't choose this. Well, actually you did. You choose every single experience and you attract every single experience into your life. And until you're able to acknowledge that and take responsibility, you can't let anything go. So that's why I believe a lot of people do continue to practice the same patterns because they never truly acknowledge their participation or their responsibility in the whole experience. So uh, the first night of class, it was amazing. Uh, Troy just had all these great things to say. And then he actually gave us exercises, like tools, that we could practice outside of the class and uh, to learn how to see our energy, to be aware of our energy in any given situation, to become the observer, to learn how uh, to see when you're being the judge or the critic and actually go, oh, well, okay, I acknowledge that I'm kind of judging right now or I acknowledge I'm feeling angry right now. Not I'm angry, I'm feeling angry right now. Okay, great, let's flow that feeling. But let's acknowledge it first, right? So acknowledge it, welcome it, breathe it out. And that's a process that he presented and I was like wow my mind was like that's too simple <laughs> it that can't work yeah. and for three years of taking the classes like the fourth year we just did like this gathering every week and we'd get together just to be in each other's presence and the fourth year is when I had the aha moment I'm like oh wow that simple exercise that I do in my mind or out loud that actually works because by doing that in that moment I'm being impeccable to myself and I'm saying hey I'm aware of my energy right now whether it's quote good or bad and um, I'm going to let that go, or I'm going to be happy that I'm feeling you know, good about myself at the moment, whatever it may be. But mainly for the, the times where I wasn't feeling good about myself, where I was practicing <clears throat> an unloving thought. Mm-hmm. And so that became a practice. Uh, there were also other exercises like, you know, we were talking about earlier, the money exercise and being aware of our, of our um, relationship with things that are not human, right? Because we have a relationship with everything. Money is just energy. Money is an exchange that we use now instead of the barter system, right? That's the that's the medium of exchange. Great. What's my relationship with it? Am I telling it loving things? Is is that why it's coming into my bank account? Or am I kind of saying, hey, I love you, but I hate taking care of you? And maybe that's why it's not coming to me as readily or as I would imagine the millions of dollars that are in my bank account already that are not quite there yet (laughs) physically, but, you know, to be able to dream that and to understand that the dreams are real and the more we dream, the bigger we dream, the more we are able to allow into our lives. Dream, have the vision, and then let go of that vision because when it shows up, it never looks like it looked in our head, ever. It's always something completely different and the only way that we know is because we feel it when it shows up. So I think that's a really important thing to kind of hit on because so many times people 
they get stuck in the vision of what they can see so clearly. Mm -hmm. And it ties into manifestation. It ties into the law of attraction. It ties into all these different things where it's like you just have to visualize it first and foremost. And then you can bring that into your space. And then people get so stuck. And you're like, well, I envision, you know, obviously we'll use material things because it's an easy example. But it's like it's a red sports car. It's got a black stripe down the side. It's got leather seats. It's a convertible I clearly envisioned, and I put it up on my vision board, and that's exactly what it's going to look like. <laughs> Not and then, the case. <laughs> yeah, that shit never comes, and they get frustrated. So I think it's really important, like what you said, is it's really recognizing um, the feeling associated with it, where mm -hmm. it's never going to look the way that you visualize it in your head. And it's more important, I think, to focus on the feeling of whatever it is that you're visualizing. So I'm. I'm not chasing in the sense that I'm chasing, but I'm seeking out the feeling associated mm -hmm. with what I think or I visualize mm -hmm. that thing is going to bring me. Yes. It's super important. It's actually the key. Yeah. Right. So um, him presenting these different perspectives was very helpful for me. They also introduced me to the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, which is my Bible. And by Bible is an acronym. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. It is a guide. It is um, one of those books that you can just open up to a random page, and it usually has the message you're looking for, the answer you're looking for. Um, I love the list that she has in there, listing all of the physical ailments we may, may experience and what they mean energetically, and then giving us a new mantra or thought pattern to work with. Because when you're first doing this work, you're like, I don't know what positive thing to say instead, because <laughs> I'm so used to saying this negative yeah. stuff all the time. So uh, that helped me to understand, like, oh, it's really simple. Why are you making it harder than it needs to be? Oh, because you're listening to the screaming voices in your head and not your heart, right? And the heart is really where the answers are, and the heart doesn't lie. So um, Troy would always say, hey, you know, uh, if you're ever confused or you're ever feeling like you don't have the answer, number one, stop and take a few breaths because breathing is what we forget to do. We forget to blink throughout the day. We forget to breathe. We forget to stretch. Uh, but the breathing part's kind of important because without oxygen, we don't have this physical existence. So um, learning how to breathe, remembering to breathe was really a key part of what we did working with him too. Every class would begin with a, you know, hey, let's take some deep breaths together. Let's feel our body. Let's connect with our body. And then let's observe our body. So meaning, okay, great, you're here, but you also have other aspects of yourself. And why don't you connect with that observer part of you that's not really in the body. It's who you are. So it was learning how to be the observer. It was learning how to stalk the energy, as the Toltecs would call it, stalking my energy. What is my energy now? How did I attract that situation just now? Did it feel good? No. Hmm. What was my energy really? Well, did I have kind words coming out of my mouth? Yes. Hmm. What was the feeling behind those kind words? God, you're an idiot. Can't you just do it the way I asked you to do it? Hmm. What are they picking up on? Not the kind words coming out of my mouth, the energy behind it. And that was really mind-blowing to me, too, because, you know, you can talk to people all the time, but really, if you're not aware of your energy when you're talking to them, you're kind of having a, a pointless conversation at that point because they're not hearing a word you're saying. I totally agree. <laughs> um, explain the Toltecs so that the people out there that don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. So the Toltecs were a civilization that lived at the pyramids of Teotihuacan <clears throat> uh, thousands of years ago in near Mexico City. Um, there's a group of people that study their philosophies. The main philosophy, the main four agreements are um, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personal, never assume, and always do your best. 
And really, if you live by those four principles, nobody can mess with you. You can't lose your stuff. You can't be affected by anybody's negative stuff. Um, it just helps you to be in that space of the observer even more because you are simply observing the energy instead of reacting to it, instead of getting caught up in it or being overwhelmed by it. So there's feelings, right? We have all these feelings all the time. We're human beings. That's part of what we came here to experience. Um, in the light, we don't have sadness. We don't have depression. We don't have anger or hurt. When we come here to this crash course on earth, we learn what sadness is. We learn what it feels like to be hurt. We learn what it feels like to be angry. Feelings flow. Emotions are what we get stuck. And those build up uh, energy blockage in our chakras, in our energy centers, the meridians, the highways, the energy highways in our body. And um, that's how we experience these issues or experiences in life that don't feel so good. So the Toltecs were about finding that energy, seeing that energy, following those philosophies first. And then number one, it's mass being becoming a master of awareness, becoming a master of your energy. And as you become a master of your energy and you're able to change your energy instead of reacting to observing and realizing when you're in a not so loving thought, changing it to a loving thought, like from frustration to gratitude, whatever it may be. Like, oh, I'm having a bad day. This person did this. Why me? Maybe a victim kind of attitude that day. And just stopping and realizing, oh, hey, I'm stuck in the voices in my head. Great. I'm going to acknowledge that I'm feeling frustrated today. And I'm going to be okay with that. And then I'm going to let it go. And that's really the process of becoming aware of your energy. And the more you do it, the more you rewire the neuropathways, right? The neuropathways that we've practiced since the time we were born, if not before. And um, then you become a master of transformation because once you become aware of your energy, you have choice. With awareness, we have choice to see our energy and to change it or not to. That's neither here nor there. It's regard regardless of what you choose. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's just being aware. And then the more aware you become, the more in a loving space and with loving thoughts you are the majority of the time, then you begin to transform your outside life because you're transforming the inside. And what you project is what you attract. So then you start to transform your life. And as you transform and you become more in, in a higher vibration, a light vibration, just not being affected by the stuff in the physical world, because it really doesn't matter. It's not real. It's an experience, but it's not who we are. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> you know, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, where you read these books, you read The Secret, you read this stuff, and you're like, that's great information. That's wonderful. And what do I do now? Yeah, okay. That's I understand the concept and idea that she's talking about, but shit, I'm still thinking negative stuff, and I don't know how to change it. Yeah, and that, that literally is the process, and that's what my mind had such a hard time wrapping itself mm -hmm. around was, okay, all I have to do is in that moment say, I acknowledge I'm feeling shitty. <laughs> I acknowledge I'm feeling angry. Great. It's okay that I feel that way. Now take a breath and let it go and choose something else. So in, usually I choose gratitude because gratitude, you can always find something to be thankful for even in the crappiest situation, right? I'm, I'm grateful for this moment of awareness that I was living in this thought that's not loving, that I was living in this anger. And okay, great. Now I'm grateful. So I've just taken the brain and said, great, I am no longer being fearful. I am now being grateful. And there's really only two stories in life. You're either coming from a place of fear, you're coming from a place of love. That's you think it. that's it? Absolutely. You think that's the dichotomy there, the, the black and white, fear the and good love. and evil? The... Fear and love. Because if 
you're having a thought that makes your chest tighten up or your guts churn or you create some sort of dis-ease within you, it's coming from a fearful place. Love does not manifest fearful things. Love does not manifest dis-ease. Love heals dis-ease or disharmony within the body. And it's dis-ease hyphenated. It's just a dis-ease within the body, within the cells. That's where the sound healing part comes in, right? Because we're working with sound to bring our cells back to their natural frequencies, right? We have all these cells and these trillions of cells we're made of, and some of them are not vibrating at their natural frequencies. Based on Vedic healing, we have just the notes of the musical scale with those different connected to those different parts of the body physically. We work with those to help reharmonize the cells back to their natural frequency. Great. But most of us don't know that our cells are actually vibrating. <laughs> most of us don't know that we're made of, you know, 80, 90% water. Yeah. Right? And water is the most amazing medium to transfer sound. And uh, yeah, I think there's a reason why it's built that, you know, our body is formed that way. Exactly. Exactly. But most of us are not aware of that. I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet uh, increasing every day. And um, there's only a handful of us that are really totally aware that this is not real here, that this is an experience. It's happening, but it's not really who we are. Um, when we go back to the light, when we shed this human suit, we go back to a space that doesn't experience any of this hardship or pain or discomfort. You think so? I believe that, yes. Do you? Mm -hmm. See, I always like to challenge my beliefs. Of course. I always like to, because I love that idea. I love, I mean, that's very mm -hmm. utopian. That's very, mm -hmm. you know, it's wonderful to think like that. And it's not, I'm not saying in any way, shape or form, obviously, that you're like naive or, oh, that's no. so cute. Look at how she thinks that we just <laughs> go back to life. That's so, that's so funny. No, it's, it's really, and of course, we've got somebody vacuuming out in the hallway, but yeah. that's all good. Thanks, janitor. <laughs> um... I don't know. Yeah. I like to believe certain things. I like to think that we shed this body and the reason that we're here are for some of these specific reasons or maybe it's all, you know, happenstance and luck and chance. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I don't think that when we go back to the light or when we shed these human forms or we're actually just going to sit here and hang out for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for the janitor cleaning the, the floors in my office. Totally. <laughs> So that's what I believe. And yes, yes I, I like to, to be challenged as well. I mean, that's that's the whole point of being here is to learn different things, uh, remember different things, and to be challenged to expand our mind even more. Because we're only using 10% of it anyway. What's the other 90% doing? So I have a question for you, okay? So yeah. I have a challenge for you. Fucking vacuum's going to start back up. Because <laughs> <laughs> we think about how important love is. That's why it's the Energy is Love podcast. Because mm -hmm. that's my belief system that has stemmed from my own personal journey. And everything that I've gone through is mm -hmm. that in the end, it's just love. It's just, that's the vibration. That's what the universe is made from. Mm -hmm. It's all love. I don't believe in good or bad, dark and light. It's all love. We just label it other things. I agree. <clears throat> And somehow we think that when we leave this planet, when we leave this experience, when we leave this dimension and we shed these bodies, that we go back up to this place of love where everything's love and light and wonderful spinning goodness and everything like that. What if it's not? What if that's the reason that we come here because there is love here? But the fact is the place that we stem from is something completely different. And perhaps it's negative. Perhaps it's dark. Perhaps it's shit. And that's why we come here. Isn't that an interesting thought? That's highly possible. 
you know, because it's like we love the idea that heaven or the universe or, mm -hmm. you know, the next realm and dimension full of angels and spirit guides is going to be amazing and full of light. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's really fucking dark. And that's the reason we come here is because here is the only place where love exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that doesn't resonate for me <laughs> at this like, point in time. Oh, that's really cute. That guy's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> We're all crazy, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the experience here too, right? Uh, to experience um, having thoughts and challenging those thoughts and challenging our feelings and Do you do forward. that though? Because, I mean, you're speaking here about all of these different things. And I can tell from listening to you, and you do a beautiful, wonderful job of not only explaining them in a way that is... Um, understandable, which is great. I love the fact that you're on the podcast and that somehow the stars aligned and that we found each other here in San Jose. It's perfect because you're a perfect guest for the podcast and you're doing a wonderful job of explaining all of this stuff. And I can tell as well that not just that you're educated because sometimes people talk out of their ass. Yes. It doesn't feel like you're doing that in the slightest. <laughs> but do you question all of these things that you are talking about and all of these things that you believe? Um. I like to hear other people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. I'm totally open to what other people think, feel, and know for themselves to be true. However, for myself, I know certain things to be true. And um, part of what my purpose is here is to be grounded, to be rooted in this space, and to anchor those light energies here in the physical realm. And by doing that, I... It's not beneficial for me to be distracted by the fact of what if it's shitty and hellish and dark when we leave this body? Because mm -hmm. what does that serve me? Why why bother being here then? Or, um, wow, I'd be fearful to leave this place too. And that's what most people do when they're getting ready to die, right? When mm -hmm. they shed the body because where do I go from here? And is it going to be, you know, brimstone and fire? And is the devil going to, you know, torture me every day? I don't believe the devil exists. I believe, you know, maybe Lucifer existed at some point, and I believe Jesus existed at some point. Um, but it's just light and love. And that's my focus. And that's what I was put here on earth to ground into this physical experience, not just for myself, but for all of humanity. I agree. But I still like to challenge. I, I still accept like to the question. challenge. Because <laughs> I think there's an aspect of it, and as we're sitting here talking, it's making me think about different things, right? And I think there's an aspect of it that it's limiting mm -hmm. to think only that way. And it's, I know that you don't only think that way. Mm -hmm. I know that you think outside the box and you're possible, you know, like you said, you like to listen to other people's ideas and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it is what resonates with you. But I think it's so important. And I think that there's an aspect of it where if we get so committed into dogma, mm -hmm. and even though this isn't, it's, it varies so differently from what we would typically describe or think of as dogma. But if we get so committed to it, then... That's where you get stuck and stagnant in a space of, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of rambling because my head's going, but it's just an interesting okay. thought. So I, I'm going to make an observation. Mm -hmm. We've been talking for maybe, what, like 20, 30 minutes? I don't know. Like that. For a while. Okay. Um, in that time, I've heard you say, I think, probably close to like 30 or 30 to 40 <laughs> times. Okay. Um, when we're thinking, we're coming from uh, the mind, right? Because that's mm -hmm. where we think from. And that's where the ego likes to hang out too. And that's where all those screaming voices like to live. And so when we're describing our experience or we're describing what we feel to be true and we're using it with the words, I think, then we're coming from this little space that might be 
even challenging the belief that you might know to be true in your heart, not necessarily in your mind. So when I'm talking with people, I do my best to say, I feel, or I know, or I believe. And the I knowing part is actually where I would love to come from, from every aspect, because when I know something, I know. It's 100% guarantee. I know that. And even when I don't know it, if it's like when I leave this body, where do I go? Because obviously I don't know until I actually get to that point. It could be dark and hellish. I choose not to believe that. I choose to understand that it is possible and that for some people, maybe when they do shed or expire from this body, that that is what they experience because that's what they manifest and that's what they choose to experience beyond this space. See, Uh, that's what I think is truth there. mm -hmm. Like that for me, I think is a belief of mine is it really is a matter of what you have created inside your mind and more importantly, your heart, what you feel to be true. Mm And I think that's what happens because the universe holds enough space. You think or you know? I know. I believe. (laughs) I believe. That's what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, you manifest whatever it is that is going to happen to you when you Mm -hmm. die. So I get to go up and dance in the light and be connected with everything. And I'm in that space again because that's Mm -hmm. what I believe. And then the person that believes in fire and brimstone and hell and shit, that's what they're going to go into. Absolutely possible. Because it's the same existence here. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing that happens in this place that we're here, in this dimension, in this realm. Mm -hmm. We really manifest those experiences in our life. So that makes way more sense to me. Or, you know, what if, you know, they have karma, this whole idea of karma, right? And you have to come back and pay for this stuff sometimes. And I don't believe in punishment either, like the whole good and bad that doesn't exist for me either. We're just having a series of experiences. That's what life is. Journey of life is remembering who you are through a bunch of experiences. It's not good or bad. It just is what it is in each moment. Um, but yeah, what if what if you decide that you don't want to learn certain things or you you choose to come here? See, here here's what I, I believe, right? We're, we're sitting up in, in the sky, in the light, whatever, wherever we are beyond this body. And we say, okay, hey, um, you, I want you to be my dad. And I want you to help me learn these things here on this earth in this body. Are you down for that? Yeah, cool. You're my dad. Hey, you, can you be my mom? I want you to help me learn these things. Some of these lessons are going to be really tough. Are are you up for that experience? Yes, whatever tough means, right? Because I don't know what that means out there, but this is what I'm choosing to experience. Okay, great. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to be born, and then I'm going to choose to have these different experiences. When we get here, though, we have free will, right? So we make these contracts before we get here into this physical body, but then when we get here, we have free will from wherever free will comes from, from source, God, universe, whatever it is for you. And then we take these little detours sometimes on this path of remembering who we are. And sometimes we choose to escape or not be connected with who we truly are, which is love and light. That is my belief. That is my knowing. Um, However, there's these things that we decide to neglect and then we die and we die angry or sad or depressed. And then there's the concept of reincarnation, right? And then coming back to this earth and having to do things over and over again until we actually learn the lesson, which I can subscribe to as well. It makes sense. In in the, we're here on average, what, 80 80 years now, something like that? Yeah. In the bucket of eternity, 80 years is nothing. It's a drop. It's not even even like a grain of sand. Exactly. So how can we come here on this earth for only one lifetime and not learn everything that we decided to learn or that we chose to learn? It's a concept. It, I, I resonate with it. At the same time, the circular uh, 
the circular dimensions and everything happening at the same time that you were talking about earlier, I, I can resonate with that too. See, that's the part that gets me. Like when you start talking past lives and reincarnation and coming back and all of these different aspects to learn these lessons again and again until you get them right. That's the part that I got stuck in. And when I say stuck, mm -hmm. it's not like I, you know, that's the part that really forced me to challenge and think outside of what I was normally thinking. And it's common teaching. It's common. Um, it's kind of accepted dogma in a sense. And because I've had past life experiences, I've had past life regressions, I've had dreams and experiences through meditation and facilitated by other people and everything like that, that would stereotypically be classified as a past life experience. And they meant very much to me. <clears throat> and I gained so much from those experiences. But I really don't think that they're in the past. I think that they were happening at the exact same moment in time whenever that experience happened for me. And I gleaned information from it. And mm -hmm. then the past life myself also gleaned information because they were getting insight into my present life at that moment in time and so it's the spin of the universe and helping one another because we're all connected and we're all the same and we all stem from the same source i sure hope you don't think like i feel kind of shitty here like i'm sitting here calling you out on all of your stuff and being like that's bullshit this is what it really is that's not what i'm doing in any way no i don't feel okay. that at all because i feel kind of bad because i'm like oh <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's part of what I practice uh, with with the Toltec stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's be impeccable, but it's don't take anything personal. Don't assume it's about you. Yeah. And just do your best, which, you know, when you talked about getting together today and, and chatting, you know, there was a little bit of, well, what are we going to talk about? Is, should I have some questions beforehand? <laughs> well, what's this guy going to ask me? Yeah. Uh, and then I sat with it for a second before I came to the office and I was like, actually, it's cool. I'm talking about what, what I know, and that's what I know to be true for me, and you talk about what you know to be true for you, and then we provide these different perspectives for each other and help each other to evolve even more, which is loving. That is a loving action, and that's you know being in light and being in that higher vibration. So it's if you're getting offended, then it's something that you're taking personal, and that's something for that person to look at. Yeah, We're just mirrors, right? We're all here to assist. So what do you think? Because you've talked a little bit about kind of <clears throat> the whole idea of we come down here in these contracts and we set up all this stuff and then free will hits, you know, as soon as we get here and we have the opportunity to deviate from those paths and those experiences and things. What the hell do you think is the reason behind that whole experience, that process, that what do you think is the reason behind the experience of coming here? What's the purpose of it? The evolution of source. The evolution of uh, source energy, God, universe. So you think that by coming here somehow we are um, evolving that source energy that we stem from, that yes. we're perpetuating it forward. That that it is learning and evolving through us here on this earth and in other dimensions. Interesting. <laughs> so I, it's, it's just light, right? We're all coming from this one source energy. This is what I believe. Um, it's like I see a big ball of white shining light, just like the sun. The sun for me is very uh, near and dear to my heart, and I resonate with the sun. And if I don't have sun, I could never live in Portland or Seattle. I would die. <laughs> I'd shrivel up and die. Um, that for me in this physical body is very important. Uh, at the same time, it's like, okay, we can... We can have all these experiences, we can do all these things, and never know anything about it. For me, that makes sense to say, okay, because science has proven that the universe is never ending. I mean, there's no way we could ever connect with 
each part of this universe. We don't even know what it's all about other than it's just energy. It's energy that's come together as different pieces of matter. Great. That's fine. What is the purpose of being here? Um, wow. To have fun, to enjoy ourselves, to be loving, to connect with people and to feel um, connect, to feel rooted, to feel grounded. That's really a lot of what I work with, being grounded. Um, but for me, like to picture some man in the clouds that doesn't resonate, but light or energy and where all these little filaments coming off of that one source feeding back into it, that made sense to me. That felt right to me. And since we are infinite beings and ever expanding, why wouldn't we continue to evolve and expand that light and, uh, and create more into it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the best I got for, for that. Cause... No, it makes sense. I mean, it's kind of similar to what I think. And I think, like, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think it's the guy up in the clouds. I oh. think we're all stemming from that same light source. And I think really my idea and my concept of my belief system stems from emotion and feeling creates so much energy, so much Vibration, so much literal energy is created when we feel emotion. And I think that this dimension, this realm, this planet, this experience is one of the few places that we can feel emotion, that we process it with our physical bodies. I think in other dimensions and other places, there's probably some other form of mm -hmm. manifestation of energy. But on this planet, the manifestation of energy stems from emotion and feeling. And yes. I think that the reason why we come here or the reason behind this whole planet and this big spinning ball of rock and everything <laughs> is simply to, I think it's a factory. I think it's an energy factory. Mm -hmm. I think that that's why we come here so that we create massive amounts of energy, which then returns to source and helps perpetual evolution and growth further and more and more and more. Because if we suspend the belief of good or bad or evil or darkness or light and the mere fact of just all of it makes energy. Mm -hmm. So when we have love, copious amounts of energy. When there's really shitty things that happen, copious amounts of energy. People yeah. label it good and bad, where there's a lot of negativity surrounding like war and hardship and death and all of these terrible things that we label terrible. But the fact is they just create masses of amounts of energy. And so I think that's the reason behind this experience to a certain extent, mm -hmm. that it's really just a factory to create energy to continue the spin of the universe. I would agree. I would agree. I um, I look at the Earth right now, and I look at the fact that there's you know over seven billion people on it. Yeah. Why Why are there so many, and why has that increase in population? Like, I think we tripled our population or quadrupled our population only in the last sixty years. Why now? Why at this point in time in the history of humanity are all these people here, right? Yeah. Why did we ramp up the factory to create more energy? Exactly. That's a good question. Exactly. Did the universe need it? Did we need it? It's an experiment. Is it just the mere spin of the planets and everything it's like that? It's a little that? petri dish. It is a petri dish. <laughs> That's the easiest way to boil it down to it. Sometimes it just feels like a little petri dish, a science experiment. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's other energies outside of here, whether there are other versions of us or actually other energies that are choosing to have different experiences um, that are watching us right now, I believe. I can feel people, you know, or other energies watching and going, wow, what's going on in that space right now? And how people want to be here. Energy wants to be here in this space. Why? Why on Earth? Why not on the other planets that we know of? And there's only nine planets that we know of total, right, that are in our little yeah. atmosphere here. 
but what about the other planets in the universe? Because we cannot be the only one. Oh, no, definitely not. It's not possible. No. Like, scientifically not possible. It is possible, though. Mm, yes, it's it is. It's totally possible. It's absolutely possible. It's I totally possible. I don't believe that, that we just that come to the same godforsaken <laughs> shitty earth. Over and, and over again. And again and again because we're just fueling the fire. <laughs> we're really slaves to the universe. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate, though. It doesn't resonate, but it is highly possible. Yeah. <laughs> I will accept that perspective, too. Yeah. And then I yeah. will let it go and yeah. bring forth the true belief of what I have. Yeah. I'm going to put my roots back down. <laughs> <laughs> so you have beautiful bowls. We haven't even talked about your crystal bowls and all your sound healing stuff. So I would be remiss if I didn't because I'm a huge fan. So talk to me about it. First off, how did you even get into it? Sure. Because you did Reiki first and foremost, and then you found sound healing and all that kind of stuff. So tell me about that. Yeah, Reiki first, and then the same person who I was working with, she introduced me to East West Bookstore in Mountain View. And uh, that's where Rasamai and Paradiso were working out of, this couple that's actually sponsored by Crystal Tones, the company that makes them. And um, I went to a few of their group sound healing sessions at the bookstore, and it felt good, and I loved it. And they did... Um, they did a little road trip and they did a uh, sound healing, group sound healing up in Mount Shasta. And I went to that to support them. And when they were cleaning up at the end of the night, they allowed us to play some of the bowls because she had then started distributing the, uh, for the company. And I played uh, one bowl. It was a small citrine quartz that played the key of A. And it made me cry when I played it. And I just knew intuitively that that was the next part of my evolution in what I was here to do, here to bring forward. And then there were like 20 in my home, and I don't really know how all of them got there. <laughs> and then I got back from that trip, and they had all transplanted. Yes. And I don't know where the money came from. I don't know how they arrived. They just all arrived, and it was all very auspicious and all very serendipitous. Um, they each have a story. Uh, but that bull is the one that started it, and it, I just knew. It was just a feeling. And so I started working with them. I only had uh, five at first and uh, resonated with working with the, there's three different types of bowls, really. There's the Tibetan metal bowls that most people are familiar with that are actually documented from thousands of years ago. There's the silicon quartz bowls um, that are actually called silicon quartz crucibles because their original purpose is still in the semiconductor industry now today. They use them to pour the molten metal and silicon in to cool the metal block, which is called an ingot which is what they shave the wafers out of and stamp our computer chips in. <laughs> and that's their original purpose 40 years ago. And then Crystal Tones came in and patented the uh, creation of them for healing purposes about 30 years ago, I believe now. So I actually started with the alchemical bowls, which is the newest version of instruments they've been creating, uh, which are a more delicate and lighter bowl. So you can actually carry like five in a case and nest them in each other. Um, they're made with other materials. So you're not just working with the note that it plays uh, that corresponds to parts of the body. You're also working with the healing materials that it's made of. So if it was, you know, I have one bowl that's uh, key of D, which is your sacral chakra, uh, your lower belly, uh, but it also is made with ruby, which is good for blood circulation in the heart. So you're working with different areas and different intentions by just working with that one bowl. And really the whole practice, everything you're doing with the bowls, they are wonderful tools. Yes, they are magical, but really when it all comes down to is your intention, your intention with that instrument and how you are uh, working with that person. So um, 
I love working with them. But when I went to Indonesia a few years ago, I worked with a woman there who's been working with these instruments for 25 years. She's actually known Crystal Tones, the owners, for a long time and the creators. And um, I met her very serendipitously also and uh, went and studied with her. And all she worked with were the silicon quartz bowls, the, the larger, thicker bowls that they work with in semiconductor. And she had never worked with the alchemical, and that's all I had at the time. So when I got there, I understood the different purposes for the different types of bowls, f for me anyways. Um, the the larger, thicker bowls play a deeper tone and a deeper resonance. And I find that people um, are able to go into a deeper state of meditation with the, with the deeper vibrations. The alchemical bowls, most of them, I mean, they can play deeper vibrations, but because they're so delicate that that vibration doesn't really come out of them as much as the larger ones that are thicker and have a porous uh, covering on the outside. Uh, those make the floor shake and make the walls shake when you play them. And those are awesome for that purpose, like to help us, help the mind be quiet and connect with that sound. And then the alchemical bowls I found are, are like an out, uplifting, like bringing us into that light body, bringing us out into ourselves. And we're never out of ourselves, but like not in this body. Yeah. And um, I realized after working with her that it would be beneficial to incorporate them together. And that's not what I learned at first. So when I came back from that trip, it was like, okay, let's, you know, revamp this. Let's look at this again and, and observe how it works for me. And I realized while I was there, I was working with, um, I, don't, I had a whole set A through uh, G, but missing the G for like a year because I, I had actually <laughs> broken one of the bowls when I first started playing. Um, and that was very, it was very poignant for me. It was very uh, profound because it was a big part of being that observer in that moment because I was actually in front of a group of people and I broke the bowl. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, please tell me what to do now because I'm about to freak out. And um, I just heard a voice inside my head say, don't worry about it. Just put me to the side gently and work with the others and it'll be fine. And when I got to Indonesia to study with this woman there, uh, she asked us to pick a bowl that was on the wall that was attractive to us physically. She didn't tell us what the notes were. And of course, I picked this big, huge, you know, crystal singing bowl and it played the key of G, which is a throat chakra which is what I was working on uh, while I, when I got there too, I realized. So for this whole year, I was working with a set of bowls without the G chakra, without the throat chakra. And um, I realized when I was there that I was missing this way of speaking, right? Being comfortable in speaking and sharing information. And so when I returned from that trip, I actually ended up purchasing three new G bowls, two of which were like these big, huge 16-inch, uh, actually this bowl over here to my left. Um, that's the one I was attracted to when I came back. I ordered one, but Crystal Tones didn't have it. So they said, well, but we have a 16-inch G, G sharp. Do you want that one instead? And I was like, well, no. I resonated with this one, and it was a G. And they said, well, we can send it to you, and if it resonates, keep it, and if not, send it back. And before I had left, I had actually reserved a bowl to replace the other G bowl that I had cracked, the smaller alchemical, before I'd left. So I said, well, just send me both of those. And uh, I thought, oh, wait, I should call uh, East West Bookstore and see if they have any because they have some of the bowls usually for sale there. Sure enough, I called there, and they had the 16-inch G that I was looking for. Uh, and it actually arrived the day that I returned from Bali at the store. So I said, okay, well, send me that. Well, I'm going to take that one too. So I brought all three home and I started working with those. And it was a, a noticeable difference when you're working with 
all of the sounds, or it was for me at that point. And then I realized as I started working with them more that it really doesn't matter what key that bull plays, it's your intention. And that's what I learned working with my Toltec group, that everything is our intention. Everything is just energy. So if I'm working, if all I have today is a bull that plays key of D and it works with your sacral chakra, but I want to work with your brain and the crown chakra, great. Then that's my intention. And guess what? That bull's doing that today. I totally agree. And we've talked about that before on the podcast because it's the same thing like when it comes to crystals or essential oils or any of these other kind of tools that we use to mm -hmm. incorporate into spirituality. You know, just because you read up about rose quartz and it's connected to the heart chakra and that's the designed purpose. And if it doesn't resonate and connect in that regards for you and you use it for a completely different purpose, it doesn't mean you're wrong or right. It just means that that's the purpose and the intention behind it. Exactly. <clears throat> Did you go to Indonesia, Indonesia specifically to train with this lady, to, to go there for sound healing stuff? Yes. That's yeah. really cool. I um, How long ago was that trip? Uh, four years ago. Four years ago in April. Actually, it's interesting because my stepsister got married to this man, and um, I was supposed to go to Burning Man. And I had a ticket to go, and she was like, oh, well, we're, we're having our wedding that weekend. <laughs> and I was like... It's also my birthday that weekend, and you're getting married, and now I'm not going to Burning Man. Great. So I was a little pissed off at first, actually, um, but I realized at the end that it was best for me to be with my family and to be there for her special day, and Burning Man would be there another day. So um, by the she had already – I kind of like late responded at that point, and I ended up not being at seated at the table with family. I was at the out-of-towners table. <laughs> she stuck you in the back. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. Yeah, uh, thanks funny. for the late response. <laughs> um, and that's what I felt. That's what I thought at first. Uh, but actually, it was totally intentional because they sat me next to Matt's dear friend uh, from the East Coast, Julia, who is the niece of this woman, Awahoshi, who lives in Bali, uh, originally from Nebraska. And originally Kathleen Kavan, now Awahoshi. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, they sat me next to her. And of course, you know, you're at a wedding. Hey, I'm so-and-so. What do you do? Uh, where do you live? You know, and I said, oh, I'm, I'm Jessica. I live here. And, you know, I'm doing this. And she said, oh, you must know my aunt then. I was like, no, don't know who your aunt is. And she told me who she was. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, maybe I should get in touch with her. And... Um, a couple of days passed and I, I sent her, I found her on Facebook and I sent her a message, uh, the, the niece, Julia, and said, hey, can you give me your aunt's email address? And all she did was send me her uh, website with the generic, I'm interested in a retreat. And I was like, what? I was expecting like a personal like introduction <laughs> that's obviously not happening. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I sent Awahoshi an email on this generic, I'm interested in a retreat, please get back to me. And two months passed. And one evening, I was laying in my bed um, on my laptop, and I had just gotten back from Mexico, and I had been traveling with somebody there, and he lived in Spain, and I was deciding, okay, I'm going to take a trip, and I'm either going to go to Spain, or I'm going to go to Indonesia. What is it? So I started looking at flights on Expedia, and there was this one flight that went to Bali that was for $900 round trip. Oh, wow. And you don't really find flights like that cheap to go that far and I was looking at flights for Spain, and it wasn't that cheap. It was like 1500 and I was like, hmm, okay, well, just right there, I'm leaning more towards Bali. And I dreamed of going there for like 20 years since I was in high school. So I was like, wow, okay, let's see. Um, so I, I slept on it. I went to sleep, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just figure it out in the morning. And at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, I wake up, 
and it was like, there's a message for you. You need, you need to answer this message. And so I went into my email, and sure enough, there was an email from this woman, Awahoshi, uh, telling me that she was offering a sound healing retreat almost the exact dates that I was looking at. And those exact dates were the only dates that gave you the $900 flight. Okay, answered. Thank you. Yes, I'll be there. Just tell me when. Awesome. Okay. So I buy the ticket and um, we corresponded for like four months before I actually arrived there and got to know each other a little bit better. And uh, when I arrived, another interesting thing that happened uh, with the the whole throat chakra thing, you know, I had not been working with that key and I had not really been paying attention to that part of me at that point and was kind of fearful of sharing all these new ideas that I was having because I've been working in high tech as an office manager, you know, for 15 years at this point. I have a career, right? It's important. I'm important because I have a career. Uh, and then there's all these weird thoughts and feelings coming in now that I'm like, I don't have any tangible proof of this. People are going to think I'm crazy. What the hell do I do with this? Um, so when I arrived, I was there a few days before the retreat started, and um, I was just kind of wandering around Ubud, figuring out like what it was all about and just experiencing it. And I had put some uh, citronella oil on me to keep the mosquitoes away. And if you use essential oils, you, know, you don't want to put them on your skin if you're going to go out in the sun because sometimes it can burn your skin. And I really didn't think about it because I was walking in a shaded area. Uh, but the next morning I woke up and I had put this oil everywhere, on my arms, on my <laughs> neck, right? But the only place that burned was looked like two handprints around my neck, like someone had strangled me. Wow. Okay. So when I showed up, she kind of laughed. She's like, well, I guess we know what you're working on during this workshop. <laughs> and I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And then the next day I pick out the G bowl, the yeah. throat chakra bowl. And it was like, okay, great. We're working on speaking your truth, manifesting, creating all these dreams you have and all these ideas you have. Why aren't you sharing them with people? Why aren't you talking about them? We manifest when we speak and share ideas, right? I have an idea. I say, okay, great. I want to build this car. Here's all my ideas. I write it down. I talk to people. We get investors and voila, there's a car now, right? Same thing with, with you know, creating your practice or being in your power. You have these dreams and you speak them and you share them without fear and understanding that not everybody's going to like it and everybody's going to resonate with it, but that doesn't fucking matter. It's all about you and your experience and what you choose to experience and not really give a shit what anybody else thinks. That's beautiful. That yes, is been quite interesting. <laughs> such an important aspect of life. Do you realize we've like gone on over an hour here? So it's wonderful. It's easy. It is easy. <laughs> I'm sure it could last forever. We could sit here and talk for a very, very, very long time. Unfortunately, we can't. We All don't good. have time. But thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you um, for reaching out. It's yeah. Awesome it's talking to you It's been super today. amazing. Um, give everybody your information, best way to contact you, find you and everything like that. We have actually a lot of listeners in California and the... Uh, what is this place? Not San Jose, but what is the, the... Bay Area. Yes, the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm I'm learning about all these different colloquial... Yes. The word. It's the epicenter of this big uh, energy shift, this shift in consciousness right now. There's a lot of things happening here, and that's why a lot of people want to come here. Very, very cool. So um, my name is Jessica Neidifer. Um, my practice, uh, I call Agada energy healing. Agada is Sanskrit for healing. And I wanted to bring that old school energy in, so I brought that <laughs> in. Um, you can find me at www.agadaenergyhealing.com. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I have a business page and a friendly page if you'd like to join both. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and you can always uh, give me a shout at uh, 
my number that's on the webpage. It's 408-398-8956. Very cool. Love to hear from you. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Everybody go out and have a beautiful, 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 wonderful day. To connect with other beings. It's so (laughs) mysterious and unattainable, right? Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal. Never assume and always do your best. You're either coming from a place of fear or you're coming from a place of love. Universe, God, whatever you are, energy. Um, I'm open. Let's do this.